This is Generation Justice, a multimedia movement that trains youth to harness the power of media for social change. I'm Yusuf Amr. And I'm Ludella Awad. The 2017 New Mexico Legislative Session is just a few days away. Tonight, we have a preview of some of what will come up in this legislative session for New Mexico's budget, education, health care, and more. We'll hear from Senator Linda Lopez and Representative Christine Trujillo as they discuss what to look out for in the upcoming session. And we've got some great ways to get out and engage with the community around us. We'll have some great music to help you move into the new year. Here are The Lights of Albuquerque by Jim Glazer, followed by You Fought the Law and the Law Won by Bobby Fuller Four. Desert moon lights the freeway up tonight. She'll be there. How I wish that you could fly. The legislative session is just around the corner. That's right, Yusuf. The 60-day session opens on January 17, when New Mexico's elected officials gather in Santa Fe to address some of our state's biggest concerns. DJ fellow Alicia Hernandez sat down with Senator Linda Lopez and Representative Christine Trujillo to discuss some of the upcoming proposals. DJ made an effort to reach out to legislators from both parties, but we couldn't bring in Republican legislators this time, and we will keep trying. Now, let's join the conversation. This is Alicia Hernandez with Generation Justice, and I'm with Representative Christian Trujillo for District 25 and Senator Linda Lopez for District 11. Welcome to Generation Justice. Please go ahead and tell us a little more about yourselves. We'll start with you, Ms. Trujillo. Okay. I live here in Albuquerque. I've lived here for over 30 years, but I was born and raised in Taos, in Ranchitos. come from a family of 16 kids. 11 of us are alive. Uh, a variety of us quit school early. I'm a high school dropout, but we went back and I eventually had uh, gotten my master's in education. In Within the school system, I decided I'd become a, a Fed rep, which is a union representative, and that's where I got my start in political activism. Fortunately, I was again able to to beat my uh, opponent, and I'm back for my third term, my third two-year term. But anyway, that's where I'm at at this stage of my personal and professional evolution. I'm Senator Lopez. I'm the youngest of three children, born and raised here in Albuquerque in the North Valley. Um, Attended UNM, and I'm not embarrassed to say I did flunk out my first year. So I was like, okay, either I sit down and educate myself or I have to go out and get a job. So I then transferred to the College of Santa Fe, finished and got my bachelor's degree there, and then went to school at night for my master's. So I can say I worked my way through um, on that point, and I decided to run for office at the age of 30. 
I'm the first woman from my community to be elected to go to Santa Fe um, to represent um, all of us up there, and I'm honored to do so. Just got reelected to my sixth term, so now I've been in for 20 years. I can't believe that's like a total surprise for me, too. But I'm honored to be able to be a voice for my gente. Help us understand the districts you represent and the communities you have served on. I represent uh, House District 25 here in Albuquerque. It's a very, I think, progressive district. Uh, I have both Winrock and Coronado and Albuquerque Public Schools in my district. People are absolutely wonderful. They, uh, they're very involved in, in who represents them, and they come out and they vote. And um, I've been really fortunate that they've selected me. The community I represent is the South Valley in Southwest Mesa, which is pretty much a Southwest quadrant of Bernalillo County. You know, there's we have uh, the largest high school in my area, in, in actually in the state of New Mexico, with a Trisco Heritage Academy. We have a lot of, of young families, um, a lot of mixed families. We have traditional raza that lives there, but we also have a lot of Mexicanos, um, first-generation kids who are living there that are going to our schools and we, we have an expanded population of those who still have maybe more of a direct link to Mexico. Although in my history, um, I find out that we are all interrelated, and it's not just because of the border that divides us. There's a lot of relations that are there, and we just we need to work on that. Absolutely. Thank you. Tell us about the biggest items on this year's legislative agenda. What is unique about this legislative session? Well, Obviously, I don't think it's unique, but it's huge, and that's the lack of of money. The budget is uh, almost non-existent. We're flat, and we have um, economic woes that continue to be unaddressed by our governor. I have real big issues with that. I think the focus on on crime and punishment is not to be denied. However, the focus on it and only that instead of how to provide jobs and and help uh, get economic access to those folks who are struggling doesn't seem to be part of the governor's vocabulary. Jobs in the economy, uh, making sure that public education is, is funded appropriately and adequately, making sure that we have money for pre-K and birth all the way through 12th grade, and then, of course, college uh, and careers kinds of opportunities for our students, so they're not looking for jobs out of state. Uh, those are the two big ones. And, of course, you know, we have health and we have the judiciary and a variety of other, of other things. A, a lot to cover in 60 days, but I think we're up for the job. It's always about money. And you know, money is the driver of everything that we do because you have to pay staff, you have to pay the employees, you have to pay people to do the job that then they come and do in our communities. And we're not the only state in this country that's hurting. There are other states who are beholden to oil and gas that have also had hurtful um, economies and that they too have had to make some severe cuts in their state, but legislatures. And for New Mexico, because we are... Um, one of the poorest states in this country, um, and I'm talking not poor just as people because we have such richness and value, but I'm talking about poor in cash um, because of where we are beholden to on, on in our economy and how our budget has been set up. Those are some of the issues that are coming up. The issue on the death penalty, I voted no on it years ago under Governor Richardson to say no. As a civilized society, many of us across this world have gotten rid of that. It's an archaic system, and we have to get it out of that archaic thought. 
going to be a constitutional amendment that comes up still dealing with this whole issue on um, our rainy day fund that we have. The permanent It's a permanent fund. fund. Right. $20 million. Wow. I just like, you know, 200 bucks in my savings account. That'd be nice. But $20 billion, And it was set up. Yes, we have to go to the voter. The, the bill will come out of my committee of rules, which I'm chairman of. We'll go over to the, we'll get it through, God willing, through the Senate, send it over to the House, or the House will send their measure to us, and let's see how we can move that measure on to the public to decide yes or no. The advantage is that it doesn't go to the governor, so she doesn't have uh, the opportunity to veto that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's And in the past, polling has shown that the public wants us to use that money for those purposes. The dilemma has always been getting the bill passed through certain conservative committees. I think this time we have a shot at it. Absolutely. Giving a little more power to the people, I would say. Totally. Please explain the importance of interconnectivity of these issues. The interconnectivity that I see um, with these issues that are coming up, that have been up over all these years, the budget, the lack of money, is the reality that all of us are living with. Um, We talk about all these issues on mental health. Well, this budget could cut, and we'll cut more of the mental health opportunity. The governor got rid of it four years ago. Mental health is so important for all of us. None of us are pure, perfect people. Some of us have the coping skills. Some of us don't. And a lot of the people that I come across need help. And when we talk about cutting budgets, it comes down finally to our people every day that we meet on the street. Uh, Teachers in kindergarten that I've met with over the years um, who've told me that when the kids come in, this is the only place they have that's safe. Maybe they didn't sleep that night before because of the other ugly issues going on in their home. And as we continue to cut budgets, what APS, the Albuquerque Public Schools, will probably be looking at to cut from their budget are the ancillary services, which means speech language services. you know, help for our children who need those because they may have a disability of hearing, mental health, counselors. Those are the first ones to go in budgets. But when we look at the, all these issues, the more we cut the budget, we're cutting the low-hanging fruit. And those low-hanging fruit are the things that hurt our families the most. The issue on jobs is important. You know, how can you go and work at McDonald's or go work at some of these smaller businesses and still survive? At $7 an hour. You can't. They're trying to put food on the table. They're trying to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. So they have to go get two or three jobs or figure how to make that happen. It's all connected in one fashion or another. But on that that point, Mm -hmm. uh, Senator, the other issue is there's – so you have all these families – And they're trying to make sure that their kids are fed and clothed and ready for school. When you're uh, working three jobs, it's very difficult to have the time to connect with your kids. So then you go to a school system, and if your teachers are not aware, and I'm a teacher, but if your teachers aren't aware of those of those issues happening in the household, you see a child in that chair at that desk who seems inattentive, tired, underfed. Initially, you think that they're not, uh, they're just not trying. Then the reality is that child is hungry, that child doesn't feel safe, that child needs adult supervision, and the parent is doing all they can to to survive for for those kids. You know, we've been chewed up and spit out by this current administration uh, because they think that we are not producing and that we're not testing enough and we're not 
showing the academic outcome that these kids need. The real crux of the problem is the disadvantage of a of a child who lives in a poverty-stricken home and in a poverty-stricken community. And unless those kids get the supports and those families get the supports that they need, I don't care how much testing you give them, they're going to struggle because they're going to be too preoccupied thinking about hunger and safety and all the other things little kids think about. We can't really address our issues in the public, in terms of academics unless we... Uh, really address the issues of social justice and poverty and the needs that uh, that families have. Absolutely. And you both have gone um, into detail a little bit, but could we please really break down how half a billion dollar budget deficit is going to impact us and what exactly is at stake here? Everything that matters to us in our communities is at stake. I, I don't know how else to to put that because when you, you know, education is the core of what everything that happens, whether it's in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, or Las Cruces, the Rio Grande Corridor. But when you look at rural New Mexico, our schools are the drivers of employment. Our schools are the drivers of the the connectivity of each of those communities. And when you talk about cutting budgets, we're cutting rural New Mexico. When you talk about issues for programs, which is, again, the low-hanging fruit, those are our senior citizen programs. Those are the programs that go to feed our senior citizens at home. And for any cuts that we make, those services are not being provided to our children who have just as much need outside of the Rio Grande Corridor as those who are here in Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Las Cruces. That That's going to hit. And then you talk about behavioral health care services, which we don't have, but those are services that are going to be threatened. I mean, we'll come up and say, well, we're not going to cut education. We're not going to cut certain important areas. But then everything else gets cut because for half a billion dollars, if there's no revenue being generated, if this administration, you know, executive administration doesn't want to increase any type of um, income for the state, we have to cut. And people have to understand that. Mm-hmm. We need some income to come into the state to at least stave off to stop some of these cuts. Because if we don't do that, then get ready. One of the things that I think we need to to work on, and again, I said it at the very beginning, it's jobs and the economy. And there are a lot of people out there who are really capable of making wise decisions and bringing to the table some really good ideas. The dilemma is startup money. Uh, things like that that would help uh, small businesses move their their ideas forward. And I hope this year maybe we can address them. We shouldn't have to cannibalize other systems Mm -hmm. to try to get the money that is necessary. That brings us to my next question. What are some of the solutions you hope to be proposed in this session? There are some proposals, of course, of tax reform. Some of it is uh, to close some of the tax loopholes. There's another opportunity, too, I think, that we have for some revenue increases, of course. It'll be, I'm talking about increasing gas tax, the gasoline that we put into our cars. You know, there for a while we were paying four bucks a gallon, stretched everybody's budget that you have at home. But we're now down to about 220 a gallon, and there'll be a proposal as to how much we put in. Uh, If it's five cents or 10 cents, um, as the economy gets better, we're always still hopeful anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm not total doom and gloom. Um, that we get better, that the tax decreases. But that's still a, a conversation where some of that money goes to our infrastructure, which are our roads, which are deplorable out there. 
The other half maybe goes into the general fund, which helps to fund programs. There's the issue on e-cigarettes, which haven't been taxed, mm-hmm. but it's a it, it's a new way for the tobacco folks to make money. But we don't tax them, mm-hmm. so that's another area. Plus, the minute that conversation starts at the legislature, you'll have the merchants of doom, the <laughs> lobbyists you know, that mm-hmm. represent those entities come out and try to to wipe that away. Because, And we've had that happen. It's happened. I mean, they're nice people and everything, but really when you have guns and, and alcohol, alcohol. Mm-hmm. and cigarettes, you know, they was it circle the wagons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's one more I know that's coming up for that can be a big help to our agricultural community is hemp. Oh, yeah. Hemp production. This mm-hmm. is specifically just utilizing the fibers of the product, um, you know, to, to utilize that for production or of the clothing. Oils. Yeah. And the oils. I mean, there's so much that can be utilized out of growing that. It's also good for the water. It doesn't need a lot of water to grow. And I know a lot of our farmers are supporting this in order to grow hemp. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, there's another opportunity for medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. There's still another opportunity on that. That's coming up. That'll be one of our conversations. One more issue, I think, and that is trying to get a a percentage of the permanent school grant uh, money Mm -hmm. for uh, birth and Mm pre-K and K-12 funding. And it's really important that um, folks who are listening call their uh, representatives and their senators to make sure that they tell them that they support this because it will take a percentage of the money out of that $20 billion fund to help to fund uh, early child care and pre-K and K-12 Absolutely. So funding. a lot of possible positive solutions. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are. Yes. Um, my last question is, what is unique about this moment and the role that New Mexico could play nationally? We were really fortunate to take back the House, keep the Senate. Unfortunately, we we lost, I think, a a very good leader. But there are lots of rising stars, both in the House and the Senate, that I think can can help move us forward. Our dilemma is dealing with uh, a governor that doesn't want to see um, positive, progressive change. There are all kinds of of uh, issues that are going to have a, a trickle-down effect on us because of those uh, appointments. And we have to really raise our voices to make sure that those political leaders hear that we want or don't want certain things. And we can't throw up our hands in self-righteous indignation and and say that we couldn't do anything. We can. You have to just pick up your phone or tweet or or Facebook your comments and make sure you get that information to your uh, elected leaders. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and same question for you, Ms. Senator Lopez. What is unique about this moment and the role that New Mexico could play nationally? We are, I think, at a crossroads, both nationally, um, as to who we are, what our vision, and who we see ourselves as the United States of America, the republic that we are. And to me, I think at the crossroads that we are in this country, we in New Mexico need to sit down and really figure out what our role is. And it's those of us who are older, those of us who are middle of the road. So, you know, those are the millennials, (laughs) but also the the younger generation that's coming up. That's my my future. And I'm looking at at you right now and others who are here in this room (laughs) as part of, you know, the Generation Justice Group. You all are my leaders. You are a leader. And I'm I'm very hopeful that our, our with you all at the helm that we're going to make and we will survive this. But we have to do survival, not just to be kind of scattered, but unified and moving forward with a plan. 
But what we can do here in New Mexico is strengthen and invigorate, work with our millennials and us older folks, too, and the younger upcoming generations to say, let's make a change. Let's get rid and get rid of this racism. Let's start working with each other. Let's be inclusive with all people, not just because I'm Mexicano or I'm Spanish or because I'm this. No, 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 no. Enough of those, because that's how we are set up. Divide and conquer. It's worked, but ya no mas, no more. It has to stop because if not, then we land up like what happened in World War II. History does repeat itself. Go back and read your history. We've been there. Let's don't do it anymore. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you both for your words of inspiration. It really is, for me, hopeful to hear um, your stories and to hear to hear your passion, uh, most and foremost. So thank you for that. Lastly, is there anything you guys would like to add for to wrap up our interview or anything you'd like to Call us. <laughs> Call us at the legislature now and, and through the session and make sure that if you have an issue of concern, when I'm saying call us, I don't mean just Senator Lopez and myself. I'm talking about making sure you identify who your uh, house, of, who your representative is and who your senator is. Find out um, how to get in touch with them and let them know about your issues. Make sure if you don't, if you do want the money from the school permanent fund to go to early childhood education and and pre-K that it needs to they need to vote that way and uh, make sure that they they know that you'll call back until you get a response from them and ditto um, for what representative Trujillo has said but I would also just like to offer if um, you will go to nmlegis.gov nmlegis.gov um, when you go online to that, you can see all of the bills that are being introduced. You can also look at the website that we have as the New Mexico State Legislature. Many of our committees are also webcast. So you don't have to be up in Santa Fe. And you can watch us in, in motion, hear the conversations that are happening, um, listen to us, um, and then get a hold of us. You can call our secretaries. You can um, email us. It also gives you our email um, addresses on that same website where you can contact us. Um, if you have a chance to come up, stand in our office and wait till we hear you. But please check out nmlegis.gov. Well, thank you both for coming in and giving us your time. I generally enjoyed speaking with both of you. You're such inspirational women to myself and I'm sure to a lot of our listeners out there. So thank you so much for coming in with us today. This has been Alicia Hernandez with Generation Justice. Representative Christine Trujillo, thank you. I admire that you want to change the tax reform in New Mexico. Taxes really does affect us as New Mexicans and our everyday lives. I appreciate you improving these conditions. Also, thank you, Linda Lopez and Christine Trujillo, for trying to change New Mexico for the better and trying to make our state the best that it can be. When you talk about the money problem and not wanting to cut money from our schools, this really impacts me as a student. Now, here's Unstoppable by Sia. And If You Go Away by Neil Diamond. I'll smile, don't know what it takes to fool this down. I'll do it till the sun goes down and all through the night time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll tell you what you wanna hear.
if you go away on this summer day then you might as well take the sun away all the birds that flew in a summer sky welcome back to generation justice where tonight we have previewed the biggest issues of 2017 legislative session we also have an awesome community calendar. Now we'll handle things over to our calendar hosts, Matthew and Alicia. A special thanks to our amazing hosts, Ludella and Yusef. And with that, it's time for another community calendar. I'm Matthew Brown. And I'm Alicia Hernandez. First up is an event happening on January 15th. That's right. Health Action New Mexico will be hosting an event called ABQ Rally to Protect Our Care. Across the nation, communities are coming together to speak out against plans to repeal the Affordable Care Act, dismantle Medicaid, and privatize Medicare. These programs are lifelines for hundreds of thousands of New Mexicans. This rally will take place at the University of New Mexico campus on Saturday, January 15th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. For more information, call 505 322 on Thursday, January 17th, there will be a writing workshop called Low Writing in the New Year. This is a community-driven workshop that encourages free expression and creativity as we enter the new year, featuring some of Albuquerque's most esteemed writers and spoken word artists, including ABQ poet laureate Manuel Gonzalez. This workshop will be held on Tuesday, January 17th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at El Chante Casa del Cultura on 804 Park Avenue Southwest. For more information, contact Casa del Cultura at 505-400-3635. And following that is January 19th, which is Alzheimer's Day at the Legislature. And the New Mexico chapter of Alzheimer's Association will meet at the Roundhouse in Santa Fe from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. in honor of this day. For more information on this event, you can contact Gerardo Macias at 505-986-4716. On January 20th, Generation Justice will host a screening called Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. This event honors New Mexicans who have upheld their values of love, social justice, and racial equity in their lives. The community leaders who will be featured at Standing on the Shoulders of Giants are Roberto Chenet, Mary Dudley, Judge John Romero, and Arturo Sandoval. This event will be at the African American Performing Arts Center at 310 San Pedro on Friday, January 20th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information on this event, call 505-277-1831, or you can email admin at generationjustice.org. January 20th marks Inauguration Day, and various organizations from all across Albuquerque have planned the UNM walkout in opposition to the legislation proposed by our soon-to-be-sworn-in president-elect. Leaders from Student Alliance for Reproductive Justice, Kiva Club, Young Progressives Demanding Action, Equalist Coalition, and more have joined together to plan this action. The walkout will take place at UNM campus beginning at the Smith Plaza just outside of Zimmerman Library. It all goes down at 12 p.m. until 1 p.m. For more information, call 505-980-4102. Speaking of taking action, 
Albuquerque will have a sister march in solidarity with the Million Woman March taking place in Washington, D.C. The mission of this rally is to join the unique cultural groups across all of New Mexico in an inclusive dialogue centered around gender equality and the preservation of reproductive rights. This rally begins at the Albuquerque Civic Plaza on Saturday, January 21st at 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Following the spirit of passion, February 14th marks my least favorite holiday of the year, Single Awareness Day. I think you're referring to Valentine's Day, Matthew, but other people think of the 14th of February as Hispanic Cultural Day. Oh, that's right. In honor of this day, the National Hispanic Cultural Center will be hosting a legislative luncheon at El Dorado Hotel. For more information and details on this event, contact the Cultural Center at 505-246-2261. So what else is going on in this beautiful community of ours, Matthew? Well, I'm glad you've asked. Strong Families New Mexico is hosting a legislative day on Tuesday, February 7th. People from all over the state will be joined together in this powerful day of action in Santa Fe. The full day includes meals, advocacy training, and the opportunity to talk with state lawmakers about the decisions they make that impact us as New Mexicans. Lastly, there are several days featured at the legislature where the community is encouraged to come and engage in our local government. Days like African American Day on February 10th and Boys and Girls Club on February 16th. For more information on these events, including a full schedule of the New Mexico Legislative Session, please visit nmlegis.gov. That's it for this week's Community Calendar. I'm Matthew Brown. And I'm Alicia Hernandez. Now back to our wonderful hosts, Ludella and Yusuf. But first, some music to cleanse your palate with Know Your Rights by The Clash, I've Got Dreams by Otis Redding, and Everyday Heroes by Smash Mouth. This is a public service announcement with guitar! Got dreams, dreams to remember. I've got dreams, dreams to remember. Honey, I saw you there last night. to the end of another great show. We would like to thank our guests, Senator Linda Lopez and Representative Christina Trujillo, and our calendar hosts, Matthew Brown and Alyssa Hernandez. Production assistant came from Kateri Zuni, Alicia Hernandez, Kamriya Umi, Matthew Brown, and Roberta Real. Stay connected with us.
check out our website, durationjustice.org, where you can listen to all our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and so much more. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, so be sure to subscribe. We're also active on social media, so be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Duration Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, the Albuquerque Community Foundation, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. I'm Yusuf Amr. And I'm Ludella Awad. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. See you next time.